Hey, didn't see you there. It's Alex from Wayward Raven, and I'm wishing you a happy 200th episode. And here's to 200 more. Hi, it's Dave Lucarelli, that Tinseltown guy. I just wanted to wish you all a happy 200th episode of Fortress of Comic News. Here's to the next 200. hopefully you're reading i uh heard that the guys over at fortress of comic news has a 200th episode anniversary and i want to say congratulations i love being on their show i love talking to real comic fans thanks guys congratulations on everything you guys do i really appreciate your help in my career and i hope you guys have another 200 300 400 500 600 talk to you in the thousands hello this is joshua from wayward raven media and uh say congratulations on your 200 episodes uh hope you have many more and uh thank you for uh helping us supporting indie comics and geekery in general so congratulations and rock on sorry i don't do interviews and talk a lot but for you i thought i would pop it so cheers Hey, this is Stephanie Phillips. I just wanted to wish Fortress of Comics a happy 200th episode, and congrats on the achievement. That's super awesome. I heard that somebody is having a 200th episode. That is fantastic. Chris, Mike, congratulations. I'm really excited for you guys, and I really appreciate all the support you've shown us here at Wayward Raven, and I want to uh, return that to you tenfold. So congratulations on episode 200. May there be another 200, and uh, wishing you nothing but the best. Great job, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 200. We made it. We did it, Mike. I am finally... Chris, alongside Shazadam, Mike. <laughs> um, we can finally we can finally retire the podcast. It's been great, everybody. We'll see you next time. No, but, uh, you know, we had a great episode 199, if you haven't checked that out. Um, and now we're having an even better episode 200. Our... Uh, I've been a longtime fan. Um, we had sat down and had a great discussion with, you see his background behind me, Doc Shaner. So if you're reading Straight Adventures, you're going to want to hear this guy talk. Uh, such a cool dude to sit down with us. Um, couldn't be happier to have him. I mean, you know, Chris pitched it to him like, dude, 200 episode, it's going to be you. And um, yeah, I mean, we're just so fortunate to get these awesome and talented people on the show so stick around for that discussion with doc shaner man yeah great dude and uh mike doesn't know this yet but uh thanks to everybody that did the congratulations for the intro so uh, you all have heard it already and mm-hmm. i want to thank everybody that you know gave us a little video saying thank you or congratulations for 200 episodes yeah and uh yeah i hope this is a good episode for you guys because it was a lot of fun we're at 200 we got a cool guest yeah. and uh we got some news. Yeah, happened this week. Yeah, let's jump into the news because I just want to hear Doc talk. You know, 
Oh yeah. Doc Doc Talk. Oh man, I wish there could be a segment on our show. I'm gonna give him a call now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he's got deadlines and stuff, and you know, is working on some important stuff. But um, yeah, let's. I guess we'll just jump into the news. Uh, I am in the middle of. Um, I know we were gonna talk about HBO Max, but I'm in the middle of watching uh, the Little Things right now on HBO. The, the, is Denzel, that the Denzel movie. Denzel movie. I love how like that's that's you know it doesn't matter what the movie is you say Denzel movie and people are in you know? <laughs> like I just like I love to watch that man chew gum and contemplate whatever he's doing in a movie <laughs> like, I, yeah it, I mean he's such a fantastic actor I know it's like he's so captivating anyways but it's really good so far and that's got uh, Jared Leto and Ra- uh, Rami Malek so it's a killer cast and HBO Max worth the money all right well now let's uh Jump into that news that we got, Chris. We'll start with TV news. Um, Marvel is adding another series to Disney Plus. Please don't raise the price. It, this one's called <laughs> Kingdom of Wakanda, and the director of Black Panther one and two, Ryan Coogler, is attached to the project. Um, yeah, so awesome. Yeah, Wakanda is a cool like world inside of the Marvel universe, and. Mm-hmm. There's some different things. And there's some cool stories you could tell in there. Right. Uh, so I'm down. I mean, Black Panther, the first Black Panther was a good movie. So, And there's a lot of characters that you could talk about in a series. I feel like, I mean, you have so many interesting uh, things going on within Wakanda, like you said, but also the, like, you know, the different tribes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it'd be cool if they did it like anthology style mm-hmm. and like every episode follows a different character. So like one episode is just the shopkeeper. What happens there? <laughs> but then another one's just like the dude, you know, raising the rhinoceroses with fucking vibranium armor on. And like, yeah, you know, like, like how does that even through. happen? <laughs> yeah, I think oh, that's like awesome. it's like a dirty jobs. In Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> dirty jobs in Wakanda. I'm Mike Rowe, and this is Dirty Jobs. <laughs> Today we're making war warrior right. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please do that. Please, Mike Rowe, call him up. Oh, my God. Anyways, yeah, so that's cool. And like you said, it could be an anthology series, but we know that like the um, Black Panther thing is a mantle, right, that you take up. So it could even be in another timeline. Yeah. Right, so history of Wakanda. There's so many things you can do with it. Right, It'll be awesome. so really cool. Uh, you get the first trailer for Marvel Behind the Mask. What did you think of that? Look cool. Yeah, I mean it's exactly what we expected of it. Right. Um, a lot of the celebrities that are showing up in it look really cool. Like uh, I forget his name, but the guy, like the main guy in Run DMC, mm-hmm. is in it. And uh, I'm down. I mean, it's a documentary series about marvel and the heroes inside of it so right. bring it on so you're all over that um, this week or next week it's coming out so oh already really yeah it's really quick so oh okay um all right now we get to the juicy part the wandavision talk of the show so if you want to avoid spoilers i mean if you haven't watched it yet it's you know it's sunday for us it's gonna be monday soon so um now i know we said last time if you were looking for more marvel cookie cutter stuff this episode is full marvel cookie cutter like this is now we're in a marvel movie (laughs) pretty much uh but i would say with the seriousness of like winter soldier you know like that heaviness of like not this isn't so like happy-go-lucky 
I mean, right out of the gates, we find out Wanda goes in and steals Vision's dead body. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what we're starting out. We're coming right out of the gates with that. <laughs> oh, that's how this episode's going to go. So, yeah, my I feel like my prediction after the first set of episodes was very spot on at this point. Like, even Wanda says at one point, like, I'm not quite sure how it started, but blah, blah, blah. Right. And I think it is like she she got the body and she went to mourn and then created this whatever it is. Right. And but now I'll... she's like controlling this world inside a bubble all to deal with her the mourning of losing the love of her life. It, There's it... that. So like, you know, we get the interaction where she comes out and she's like, you guys need to leave me alone. But something I think something else, I think someone else is using her. Um. And we'll talk about, there's a couple of Easter eggs, obviously, but the the episode deals with, like, her kids are like, well, why can't you bring back your, you know, dead? You can't bring dead back, right? Um, and, you know, she's that's, like, something she's like, no, I can't do that. And then Vision starts to realize, like, something's not right about this place. And the scene where he takes the mind control off the worker that he's with, and the guy, like, freaks out. That was so, like, bone-chilling, <laughs> you know? Of like, oh my god, I'm in pain. I need to go. So, who's taking care of my family while I'm gone? It's like, oh, yeah, these people have lives. You know, yeah, they're brainwashing. Um, I feel like the the what do you call it the idea that Mephisto was somehow behind it. Oh yeah, might be a, a correct in the fact that he's like Wanda makes a deal with the devil to bring Vision back. Oh, but yeah. then everything else. Mm-hmm. Is definitely her being like, now that he's back, right. I'm going to create the perfect suburban life for us. But but then and then we get to the interesting part where um, Quicksilver shows up at the end. So and a lot of you are saying this could tie into the multiverse of madness. That's why I think someone else is involved because you know she was mourning her brother and she didn't know who was knocking at the door. Like it seemed like a lot of the stuff she was in control of. Like she was getting kind of um cockier with the whole neighbor thing like oh she doesn't know like if you want to change in front of her that's fine you know she started getting that attitude about it but the knocking at the door and then we get the we get the x-men quicksilver you know the fox property fox trademark uh quicksilver showing up from the x-men series so uh days of future past right um and she seemed surprised by it. So I don't know if this is a multiverse thing. I don't know if this is an uh, illusion thing. But I feel like someone else is doing some multiverse or some type of like investigating into other worlds or other times and using her as like a, a mask for it. Or that's that was my idea behind it. Like someone else is doing other work here. Maybe. Uh, I, yeah, so they throughout this episode kind of lift the veil over from uh, uh, Vision to mm-hmm. s- he's starting to realize like people are showing up at just the right time and like right. there's something right. else here so like he's yeah. starting to understand that she's manipulating it somehow mm-hmm. and then when that happens you're you're right like she doesn't know what's going on and she even says to Vision like I didn't do this I swear it wasn't yeah. me this right. time right um, I loved that he was who was at the door yeah, because I never that in a million years that was not who I thought was going to be on the no, other side. No way! I thought it was I thought it was Quicksilver from uh I you know 
I what's his name? The the first one we see is Evan Peters, but the um the guy who played Kick Ass is the yeah. original one from Avengers. But you know, I can't so and 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 also it lines up perfectly because we're in the eighties in this episode and he's from the eighties and Days of Future Past. That's another thing that lines up. I it did not make that connection. So I don't That's know if awesome. this is a multiverse thing or if this is like a time thing. So now have, I'm even more confused. I have read that she's like Wanda specifically is involved in multiverse of madness in some way. Okay. Like her character shows up. So she could, she could be the villain. Maybe, maybe that's the turn they're going like, because there's also all this, like, is she involved where it's kind of like a house of M thing, except mm-hmm. reverse where she creates the mutants. Oh. Um, there's so many like theories going on around yeah. what she's doing. I could see them giving her the straight villain turn and now, just, because at the end of the day, like, yeah, she was an Avenger for a little while and she's kind of a hero, like she's a hero, but not really. And even in modern comics, it's weird. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to bring the X-Men in, and in specific, you're going to bring Magneto in. Right. And then Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, the children of Magneto. Right. Why not give them the, the villain turn and just right. let her be the big bad for like a Avengers movies moving and up? You bring something up. Okay, so it's we know she's brainwashing people. You know that a house of M thing, we start creating mutants. Okay. I want to talk about, there's a, there's that. I mean, this is done for a reason. Um, the radiation engineer, and I can't remember the character's name. Uh, but she says, I know, um, an aerospace engineer that she wants to contact for after they, you know, they see all the things happening with the bubble. Um, a lot of people are speculating that the aerospace engineer is Reed Richards. Right. Yeah, and they even make it so that comment isn't just standalone to be like, "Hey guys," like she actually right. texts somebody. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's the big thought. I think we talked uh, the day it released, and I right. said if that's the big twist of the show. Yeah. Not only is that because honestly, they could end here, and uh, Quicksilver showing up could be the biggest twist of the show, and right. I'd be fine with that. Right. Right. Exactly. But if them showing Reed for the first time and who's playing Reed and the mm-hmm. fact that we have no idea who that is through all the news and everything would be yep. huge. It would be huge. And also it kind of g- goes to the fact that like she has these kids with her in the bubble, whether they're real or not. But also she Quicksilver is created in this bubble somehow. People are getting powers like the kids have powers. So if this like radiation gives people powers, maybe that's how they, like, Fantastic Four, like, the aerospace engineer is like, oh, well, I got a team, let me bring them into the bubble with me, and they get affected by the radiation and become, like, mutants, but they're actually the Fantastic Four now, or something, like, they could, I mean, they could really work this into the, instead of just, you know, when they fly off to space and get hit by sun rays, but, um, yeah, I'd, I'd, so, I mean, it, it's better every week, you know? Well, that's why, as bad as that movie was, I like the the origin that the Fantastic Four, the most recent Fantastic Four movie gave, right. where it's like, go to the negative zone, hit by rays, you're now the Fantastic yeah. Four. Because right. then you can avoid the whole, like, they shot up into space, because it's very 60s. Yeah, right. It's very, uh, yeah. Another so. thing that people have been pointing out is uh-huh. that Wanda's two boys, Billy and Tommy, yeah, are conveniently named. So, and they're 
aging up very fast, and it seems like it's on purpose. Okay. And that the MCU is slowly building up to the Young Avengers. So, the Young Avengers was a team that has been around here and there. Like, their their biggest thing was in mid-2000s. They had a series okay. that was really good. Okay. But Vision's a part of it. Uh, so, if Vision does get reborn, bam, right there. Billy and Tommy, I'm forgetting exactly who they are in that team, but they're two of, two of the members of the team are Billy and Tommy. Oh, okay. And then it's a big team, but I mean Hawkeye, um, Hawkeye's daughter is a member. Okay. The Hawkeye series building her up. Yep. You got Kid Loki. <laughs> I mean, how hard would it be to just make the Loki series end with him becoming Kid Loki? Right. Right. And there's just a bunch of other characters have been popping up so i almost wonder if that's also part of it that they're building up to like almost a young avengers-esque crazy if they do thing. yeah I just one, one more thing i mean we could talk about this episode i mean we could talk about this show all episode but um the scene where like her and vision are fighting and she's deliberately trying to end the episode with the credits that was, was that was great and like wow she's like in control but like it reminded me of like too many cooks you know <laughs> like yeah uh, there's yeah. This episode, I, I said it last episode. If you if you were unsure about it and you watched last episode, and that doesn't hook you, you never get hooked. Mm-hmm. This is the confirmation for me because they did a great job of twisting the sitcomy life right. with the real world and mashing it together into an episode. Yep. All right. Movie talk. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation announces their next animated film will be Justice Society: World War Two. So Chris is going to get to see some Nazis punched in the face. Um, <laughs> the movie will have Barry Allen Flash go back in time to team up with the JSA. Uh, they dropped a trailer and a release date. It's going to come digitally April 27th and 4K Ultra Blu-ray combo pack May 11th. So is this hitting HBO Max, though? I don't think so, which yeah. is weird. Yeah. Um. I, I'm excited for it. Oh yeah, anything JS, you know, anything JSA we love. But also, when you get Flash going back in time to punch some Nazis in the face, it comes out. So the digital version comes out on my uh, brother's birthday, which is also nice. funny. Yeah, but my only complaint is this animation style that WB Animation yeah. is going with. I'm not yeah, a big fan. Not a huge but, fan of that. But the JSA fighting Nazis, so bring it on! Right. I, I know. Just do it. Yeah, I it, you know I I'm not a huge fan of that style either, but I, I I wish everything could just be you know Batman the animated series. <laughs> if only, <laughs> yeah. I mean, WB Animations had some cool animation styles throughout the years. I just think mm-hmm. this most recent one isn't their best. Yeah. I don't hate it, but it must be just like a quick way to do things, you know. But it's probably I mean because it feels very computer generated or you know almost cg like 2d yeah, cg right so i'm wondering if that's what it is it's just the problem for me it almost looks like a flash not like flash the hero like a flash cartoon because like you don't see facial expressions or you kind of just see like their jaws move <laughs> like, yeah that's what kind of takes me out of it but either way i'm gonna watch it because it's about the jsa so Sorry, um buddy. all right let's jump to this awesome interview with Mr. Doc Shaner, Evan Doc Shaner, and we'll see everybody on the other side. 
Welcome back, everybody. Once again, we have another very, very special guest for you all. Someone I hope you all know because uh, Mike and I definitely talk about his work at least once a month when a book comes out. Everybody welcome to the show, Evan Doc Shaner. From the show, Doc. Welcome, man. Hi there. And a uh, very special 200th episode guest, too. So that's a, uh, there you go. That's a, you can put that on your resume. <laughs> I don't know if you really need it in the repertoire, but uh, I think you're, you're sticking with DC for another year at least, right? You just signed the contract last year. Uh, yeah, I, um, I extended my contract up until 2022, spring of okay. um, 2020. Awesome, man. Congrats. I know, you, I mean, you seem like a pretty big DC fan to me, so that's got to be pretty cool to be doing that, right? Yeah, I, I, I love being at DC. So yeah. It's a so good place. yeah, let's uh let's just jump into really quick the uh the origin story of Doc Shaner. Let's let's hear. I mean, were you always reading comics at a young age? Like, what got you into it? Uh, as a kid, I was reading. I was mostly into the comic strips, like the newspaper stuff. Yep. Because mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I I don't want to assume how old you guys are, but I grew up in that second or third golden age, whatever of. Farside and Calvin and the Hobbs and stuff. Yep, right. Um, so that was most of my comics uh, input was from there. Mm. Uh, we had a local comic book store, but uh, I was terrified of going in there. <laughs> and you didn't uh, want to be seen with that crowd? Is that how it was? Like? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, was kind of dark and it yeah. smelled like old books. Yeah, musty. It was mostly adults in there most of the time, um, yep. so it was terrifying. Mm. And, uh, but I think I went in there once or twice to get like one random issue of the, the old clone saga. And, uh, and I think a trade of death of Superman. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. That... Were, like, my, my first comic book. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a little different, I guess, going from like yeah. Helen Hobbs and death of Superman. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then, uh, you know, I, I think I grew out of them for for a bit there uh, in middle school and the better part of high school. And I just I don't remember exactly what it was, but somewhere along the way in high school, uh, I got into the Hulk and X Men, and so I started finally picking up the books again, and uh, I've been reading again ever since. That's awesome. Yes, I mean. It, typically, I mean, if people are in, into comics or, like, in the industry, they're a fan of comics, too. So, um, but, I mean, you really, I mean, you've really made a name, for, I, well, a lot of popularity at DC with all the stuff you've been doing there. And I, it seems like you really enjoy what you're doing. Um, and I, is it safe to say, like, Superman is probably your favorite character or do you have a favorite? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that I ever think about it in terms of, like, I don't rank them right. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. very often. But if I, yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, it's, it's Superman. Okay, that's awesome. So you get you get back in the comics, you start reading again. Like, were you drawing this whole time? Was that something you've always loved doing? And at what point did that become something where you're like, maybe, you know, I'm good enough that I could maybe do something professionally with this? It, drawing was always a thing for me. Um, when I was real little and into the newspaper stuff, that's what I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do was be a newspaper cartoonist. And uh, um, when I got back into comics, uh, I didn't really think I would be able to hack it in comic books. 
I, I was still pretty sure I was going to be a newspaper cartoonist. And uh, I ended up getting a job at the uh, college. I went to uh, Central Michigan University and I got a job at the newspaper there mm-hmm. doing the editorial cartoons. And I hated it, but I loved getting paid to draw. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's pretty nice. And um, I, I thought for sure when I graduated that uh, I would be a newspaper cartoonist. And this was right around the time that newspapers finally really took a, a dive down the hill. Yeah. In ter- like, especially uh, in terms of, of the prospect of being a newspaper cartoonist, a new guy on the scene. Uh, there's just no jobs. Right. Um, so I, I kind of, not, not to act like comic books were my backup, but it just kind of <laughs> happened that way. Yeah, yeah. And okay. I kind of backed up into it, and then it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I better learn how to draw a comic book now. <laughs> so is this where we noticed when uh, doing some research that you tend to refer to yourself as a cartoonist? Is that where that comes from, or is there something more to that title in your eyes? It, I, <laughs> it almost definitely started as a, like, this will make me sound like I know what I'm talking about kind of thing. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any real distinction beyond. I didn't want to just say comic book artist. And I think maybe I was still holding on to the idea of working in newspapers mm-hmm. at the time when I started using that. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was mostly just to differentiate between solely being an artist and, and the idea of maybe doing more down the road. Um, it definitely it, it makes you seem more sophisticated, though. You say <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. It's like, it's like the, the pinky out of, <laughs> of right, a comic yeah. book drug. But, and I guess it's, I mean, your art's amazing. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're trying not to, you know, fanboy too hard here, but the... Um, <laughs> the the your approach is i mean it is like more pop art style and it's not something you see in comic books every day you know so um do you see like i, I there's there's people that must go out there and just pick up your covers just to pick up the covers you know and and can't even care about the story sometimes i would think right <laughs> Have you, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if you ever get approached at cons and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I, you know, like I just have all your covers and like. Um, I, I mean, I do. I do see a lot of covers. Nobody. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's ever said I only got this for the cover. Oh, okay. But, well. Um. But I do, Yeah, uh, I do. A lot of the covers get brought up. Surprisingly. Yeah. Cool. And um, I mean, like the the covers for uh dot or uh strange adventures right now and i think uh, your art it's it's interesting how like your art and uh, uh mitch's art are you know two different spectrums when talking about like comic book art i would say but they somehow they just like work together i guess for that book i mean might as well talk about it because it's you know the most relevant one right now but it's just it's interesting because you like you see those covers, but then like you open it up and his is a little more gritty. But it's I don't know, I don't know what makes it work together like that. But um, I, I don't, do you guys like discuss that at all? Do you communicate that when you're when you're doing these books or not? Uh, not in detail. Okay. Um, we we definitely. I mean, Mitch and I talk about it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never been like a you do this and I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Or we, we really leave each other alone, pretty much, as far as specifics. Um, and every now and then, I'll 
I'll write him, and this is more to do with interiors than the covers, but I'll, I'll write him and just say, like, hey, what are you doing for this page to make sure that I'm not stepping on his toes? Mm-hmm. Or that, or just to make sure the page flows better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, no, we, uh, you know, the covers we come up together, uh, come up with together uh, to make sure we, we decided obviously early on with the first issue that we were going to do the thing where we're either playing off similar themes or we're using similar uh, designs mm-hmm. um, or core designs, you know, to kind of play off of, but not never in a way that like I have to dictate to Mitch, you should go more this way or, right. you know, vice versa. Oh, it just happens to work like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So when doing, uh, when working together with another artist like that, when you guys get the script for a new issue of Strange Adventures, is it laid out in uh, in Tom's mind? Like, okay, Mitch gets these pages and Doc gets these pages and guys just go. Or is it kind of like you get the script and you guys figure it out uh, as a team together? Oh, no, it's Tom. Uh, Tom has got it pretty well figured out in terms of, he'll, you know, every panel uh, or every page. If if, it's, if one page is all one person, um, he'll put at the top in bold, Mitch, Doc. Yep. Um, and somehow, you know, nine issues in, we haven't accidentally drawn one another's panels yet, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Uh, you're over halfway there, um, so that's good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, Tom, I think because Tom and Mitch had a pretty clear idea early on of what kind of thing they wanted to do with Adam on this book, it's always been pretty clearly delineated between the two of us, yeah. who would be handling what. Um, and that's, I think, the thrill of the book so far has been kind of surprising Mitch and him surprising me because mm-hmm. uh, we, we don't show each other a ton before the issue really comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, in, like I mentioned, I'll ask him every now and then just to make sure our layouts aren't clashing, but um, until I hand the colors over to him from my side, Mitch and I don't really see a ton of each other's sides of the book. And so we get a lot of pleasant surprises uh, when the whole thing comes together. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, just to touch on something that you did recently, um, you had it on your Instagram the uh, the Superman with a Christmas sweater. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was a nice treat. But that's like that was awesome. I, I was like, I can see this as an actual event in like Superman's life. You know, it's like you have the most powerful man in the world, like putting on this ugly Christmas. Sweater. <laughs> uh, so is that, is this like a yearly thing that you're doing, right? These like, these like fun, like candid moments or. Yeah. That, that one specifically was kind of a last minute addition that okay. I, I've been the last six, I think six or seven years mm-hmm. um, around Christmas or new year's. I'll, uh, I'll do kind of a year end, like here are the characters I worked on for the year. And just doing a little, you know, like you mentioned, kind of a slice of life. Right. Sort of, uh, maybe they're at a party or what have you, taking a picture yeah. together. Um, and this year, I just really wanted to draw Superman. Yeah. I, I, I drew, 
I drew one page of Legion of Superheroes with Superboy on it. Yep. And that had Lois and Superman in a circle panel about that big. Uh-huh. Um, so I took that as my <laughs> <laughs> justification to say I drew Superman this year. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, it was there, um, it's ant-sized, but I drew <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and yeah, I mean, the just to like see a character like that in a moment like that, it's just like, okay, it's it's, it's like, you know, it makes him more human too, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I thought it was yeah, I, I have, those are my, I don't get to draw a ton just for me these days, um, just yep. for fun. So those have been my, you know, I kind of save it for the year-end thing and I just, Try and do something that's fun for me. Yeah. So I want to go back a few years because recently DC did something that was one of my favorite things DC's done in forever, and that was bringing back the Hanna Barbera characters. And you were a part of that. Yeah. Um, so you did a bunch of stuff for Future Quest. One, like, do you have a love for those characters, or um, and how did that project come about? Like when they decided to do all the future quests, the Scooby apocalypse and everything else they did with that. That Okay. So yes, uh, I definitely had a huge love for the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Um, Space ghost was the kind of gig that I always thought that would be like extremely cool, but would never happen much in the the same way Shazam was or uh, what else? I, I just, there've been a number of gigs in my career where just never thought it was the kind of thing that would happen. Logistically speaking, I just didn't think there would be a space ghost comic book. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, anytime soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I grew up on space ghost coast to coast, but also the, the older cartoons and, yeah. um, and reruns of Johnny quest and, uh, Birdman. But, uh, yeah, it was funny. Um, Jeff Parker and I, who Jeff wrote Future Quest, and uh, mm-hmm. we had been working together for a while, and we were coming up on a... We had just finished something, and we were trying to figure out what we might want to do next. And we had kind of thrown around some ideas, and we we pitched one thing that didn't end up happening. Um, but like the same day, we got word that the pitch wasn't going to go through. Um Jeff had gotten a message that Darwin Cook wanted to talk to him about something. Oh, man. And because the whole genesis of Future Quest was something that Darwin and Dan DiDio cooked up. Okay. Um, My understanding of it was Dan knew that we had the Hanna-Barbera properties coming and wanted to do something big with them because he's such a massive fan of those characters. Um, and he went straight to Darwin for this future quest side of things, oh, um, yeah. all the action cartoons. Yep. And uh, Darwin, I think, was into it, but ultimately said he didn't. He, he would be happy to kind of foster it and help kind of come up with a treatment Bible for it, but wouldn't be available to write and draw it. Um, and this was shortly before he passed. We didn't know at the time that it was because he was sick. Um, but, uh, he got in touch. I think he either, he got in touch with Jeff or he told Dan that he should come to Jeff and I 
to to do future quest so um long story short uh jeff ended up meeting with darwin and kind of talking over this thing they came up a lot with a lot of the story beats together and the treatments for a lot of the individual characters and then they brought me in to do designs and uh get the whole thing rolling um and uh yeah and it was uh, an amazing job and way too many characters but i had a fun time doing it yeah. um it was a blast yeah those books were just so much fun like they i didn't necessarily grew up with those characters they were kind of a generation behind me but i know that my father grew up with them and he instilled some of that in me and then when those books are coming out i think i picked up every single one like the flintstones the future quest all of them and it was just so much fun to see a, a different take on them and then kind of bringing them together mm-hmm. and yeah those i love those books those are great yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and like you said, I remember being in the comic book shop when we talked about that. Like, are you guys getting the Hanna Barbera books? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Not make it. Like, I was like, is anybody gonna get them? And then they like, and then they showed like the the lineup they had on uh, other people that were like writing and drawing these books. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. like, these are gonna be amazing. <laughs> well, that's um, when <laughs> I knew that Jeff was having this lunch with Darwin. Um, yeah. And the whole day, I was like, uh, I can't wait till I hear what the hell Jeff and Darwin are talking about. Yeah, right. And uh, I got an email from Jeff later that evening, and he just said, you're never going to believe what Darwin wants to pitch to us. And then he sent me later that evening uh, the image that Darwin had drawn of all the uh-huh. characters that they used yeah. in early advertising for it. Uh, and I lost it. I couldn't oh. believe it. Yeah. That, that's what we were being asked to do. So. Yeah. And to be part of something that like Darwin was pitching to, that had to that had to be awesome. I mean, he's such a he was such a staple in the industry, and yeah, it was it was huge for me personally. Uh, yeah. I, I was I was a huge fan of Darwin from the second New Frontier hit, right? And um, I I never got a chance to really talk to him directly, but um, he he was awesome, and yeah. it was just to even be kind of a part of something he was also part of was really good for me. Yeah, that's so cool. So moving moving forward for you, I mean you you guys are still working on Strange Adventures. Do you do you have any clue what's next after that or I just started talking to DC about what might be next. Um okay. like in the last week or two. Um because we're we're coming on the third uh, around, I don't know. We've kind of broken it up into thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, Strange Adventures. So we're we're rounding the end of Strange, and uh, we just started talking about what might be next. So I don't really have a huge clue. One thing was pitched to me that sounds insane, but I can't. It's so crazy that I really can't say anything about it. Uh, uh, no. um, I just I all I'm hoping for and praying at night for is a, a Justice Society cover that uh, at least a variant or something some justice society characters that you know you get to at least play around with a little bit and i'm just i don't know if you gotta you know put that in somebody's ear somewhere (laughs) how does that work i mean do you get any input on like any like a flash cover or something like that are you just like hey that would be really cool for me to do can i can i work on something like that or they kind of approach you with that stuff uh for the most part 
up till now, it's been they coming to me with something. Okay. Uh, I have in the past kind of every now I I would ask about like, hey, you guys doing anything with this character mm-hmm. or this book? Um, because if not, I'd be interested. Um, but you know, no, nothing ever seems to come of that. And yeah. I found weirdly enough, if I just sit around and wait, <laughs> I love those. <laughs> It comes to you. <laughs> That's um, awesome. In in due time, um, yeah. but uh, there's there's a lot of those Justice Society. I don't know about the whole team, but right. there's a, there's a number of those characters that I I have uh, a real fondness for. So uh, okay, like maybe a Doctor Midnight or something like that. <laughs> I, Wildcat's my favorite. I love Wildcat. That is yeah. yeah. I uh. I Stephanie Phillips did that the Wildcat uh, um, little story in in one of the um, collected issues they did, and I was like, we need more Wildcat, you know? Like, yeah. come on, please, yeah. Oh, that's so right awesome here. to hear you love Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad because people see him as a joke, you know? Because it's like Wildcat, but it's like this guy, man. He's right. You he just yeah. I, I think there's no reason he shouldn't be. Roughly equivalent to like the Ben Grimm of the DC universe. Oh, that's that, that's a great comparison. Yeah, I never thought about man. That would be, yeah, wow. That's hey, awesome. No, yeah. that, that that boxing issue of of uh, things back in the seventies, I think, or the eighties, yeah. yeah. is one of my favorites. So there's that comparison anyway. But right. um, just well, it's a favorite for sure. So I know uh, a lot of creators don't necessarily like this question, but I always ask it anyways. Is there anyone that you haven't touched at DC that you would really like love to, like a character you'd really love to work with or a team or anything like that? Um, Put it out in the ethers hoping DC hears this. (laughs) (laughs) They won't hear it. They never do. It's weird because when I first, signed on with DC exclusively. I I talked to Dan on the phone and he asked, you know, kind of the same question. He said, like, who who are the characters you really want to uh, a chance at? And I gave him a short list of four. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had the luck of working on, I mean, if you count covers, all four of them. Mm-hmm. And it was Superman, Captain Marvel, Plastic Man, and Flash. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And with a few of them, you know, I feel like I, I had a good shot with them. Yeah, nothing, okay. nothing crazy big, but you know, it's I, I had a I had a fun time, and if that's all I get to say with them, that's okay with me. Um, so there's there's a short list of characters beyond that. Um, the Etrigan, the Demon, is a big one for oh, me. Yeah, I, I I would really love to do something with Etrigan. Um, Wildcat is another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those, I'd be so happy if you drew one. Oh, man. It, really, that's the thing about being at DC is it's not just because it's a job. It's I I, I have a lot of fondness for nearly all of those characters. It's it's I'm hard pressed to find a character I don't like at DC. Right. So. so, and uh, I mean the hat you're wearing was the one that started it all, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that hat before, but that's the one that it's that's been around for a few years now, right? It's the most disgusting thing on earth, and <laughs> my wife hates it. But 
Yeah. Yeah. He's got, it's away. got the, uh, it's got the DC logo on it too. I mean, Hey, you can't, can't beat that. <laughs> the one everybody hates. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one with like the, the page folding over? Was that the one? Yeah. The yeah. Weird <laughs> book clip. I don't, nobody knew what they were doing there. It's all right. They try. <laughs> Awesome. It's always great when you get that like nice fitting hat, and then as you slowly see it deteriorate, it's just like it's depressing. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I every couple of years I have to buy a new hat, and I'm just like depressed by it because I'm like, oh, this hat I wore for all these years every day, yep. and now it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> and it's especially one like that that means a lot to you, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. But um, so again, man. We loved having you on. Thank you for being on the show. So, uh, yeah. if we want, I mean, our listeners, they know who you are, but I mean, where can we send them if they want to follow all the stuff you're doing? I mean, I know you have a website, right? So, yeah, um, I think it's docshanerart.com, but really yep. the best place to start is my Twitter. Um, okay. that, that kind of, that's, that's the hub to take you everywhere else. So, um, at docshaner. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Once again, thanks so much for being on. Uh, hopefully, we can have you back on sometime in the future. Yeah. It's always yeah. great talking. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is great. Thanks. And we're on the other side. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're not reading uh, Strange Adventures, check it out. Um, and go back and check out all the other stuff we talked about with him. I mean, he's an amazing artist and very humble dude. So, yeah. And future quest rules, everybody read yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny because I remember that like, as, like you can remember some events are like points at points in time when you're in the comic shop and like things are happening and like something's announced. And I remember that clearly of like, what is going on? And then it ended up being like such a cool, the Hanna Barbera properties. They did such an awesome job with. Them. Yeah, all those books are great. And to hear like Darwin Cook was involved too is just really cool. You know. Yeah, it's. I think I told him off air and I'll just tell the story quick. It's unfortunate that as much as I love doc and I love the work that he did, it really is unfortunate that he didn't get to do some of these properties, whether it was future quest or whatever, because of course, Darwin cook would be involved with a Hanna-Barbera reboot. Like, right. Yep. Um, all right, let's jump to the comic book news. DC announced to DC has announced a new digital first comic series titled Let Them Live. The series will print unpublished work that was once canceled by DC. Uh, so the boys? <laughs> um, it will feature an all-new wraparound story featuring... Oh, my God. Oh, hold on. These are going to be all-new wraparound stories featuring Ambush Bug. <laughs> what? <laughs> so wait, Ambush Bug is jumping in all the... So that's like his thing? Is Okay. So, uh, oh, finish and I'll go over. Yeah. Issue one is going to have a, a Suicide Squad story from Jim Zub and Trad Moore and is already available exclusively on DC Infinite. So is that the premise? Ambush Bug's jumping around to all these failed comic book series? I think what it is is Ambush Bug, because Ambush Bug is like DC's Deadpool. Just yeah. not as successful. <laughs> yeah, just not and, and he's going to like introduce what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because I saw some of the promo for it and some of the early like pages and it's like it's him doing stupid things and being like, and look at this book here. And then like introducing the book. Yeah. And then they take these books that were like pitched at one point and probably finished. And then DC's just like, nah, we're not going to do this. And like threw it to the side. <laughs> I mean, sure. 
Yeah. yeah I mean, it's Jim Zub and Trad Moore. Right. Like, that's a cool team up. I am yep. I would like to check this one out. I'm not getting DC Infinite for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would. Yeah. But some of the other ones I saw were like, who who is this? Yeah. Why? And, like, the issue two is a Nightwing story. So it's like, yeah. it could have been Alan Moore's Nightwing, and I wouldn't care. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting approach they're doing. As far as, like, ex- like if they were to say, oh, you know, DC Infinite's going to have an exclusive... Um, Scott Snyder, Batman, you know, digital story or something like that's how you'd get people to DC Infinite, I would think. But yeah, yeah, I this is Scott like, Snyder. Yeah, if issue one ever hits like Comicsology mm-hmm. or gets printed, I'll yeah. probably pick it up because I like Jim Zub and Trad more. But this is not a book that I'll be like every week. I gotta see what the next one is because yep. They probably got canceled for a reason. Yeah, that's yeah. Like (laughs) the numbers weren't good. Um, Mister Miracle is getting a new six issue series by Brandon Easton with art by uh, Fico Osio. The series is titled Mister Miracle: The Source of Freedom, and it'll reintroduce the character with a new origin story. Interesting. Um, This is probably has something to do with. The New Gods movie, <laughs> I would assume they're like shit. We got to reboot this. To, I mean, I'm not a fan of like reboots and continuity. Um, there's not. I mean, he escapes from Apocalypse. Like, what? It, what more do you really need? You know? Yeah. It's if you want to retell his origin, like everybody knows my opinion of this. Right. So right. I'm not gonna go too much into it, but it's whatever. But. Uh, if you're gonna like redo it when he's yeah. been around for how long? Right, and it's not a bad origin. I thought he like the whole point is he's a great escape artist because he had to escape from the pits of apocalypse. <laughs> like, I don't uh, know, it seemed pretty good to me. I, yeah. I'm definitely gonna. I mean, I'm not a new gods guy to begin with, so. Uh, well, but yeah, yeah, I, I got new gods, Mike. It, yeah. That's not the new gods I want, but I guess I'll read it. Um, it just it, it's sad that it's like a six issue series, and they're talking about doing his origin. So it's like, what can you really do out of the origin with six issues? So it's that's all it's going to be to me, you know. Um, okay, Marvel's holding a sweepstakes in which a lucky reader can get themselves drawn into a future issue of X Men. Here you go, Chris. The sweepstakes is part of Marvel's Insider program, and it'll be going on until February fourteenth. You going to try to get in on that or what? I'm not part of their insider program. Mm, shame. It's yeah. I, I mean, it's basically you buy things for way too much money on their website, and they give you points. I'd rather throw money at Mr. Rob Stanley and get killed off in one of his books. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool. If you're an X Men fan and you have a, a Marvel Insiders program count already, and you have points stacking up, cool. Give it a shot. I mean, it's yeah. a cool idea. I just don't. I'm not a fan of their insider program. It yeah. seems to me like buy this stuff for way more than you could buy at a local comic shop. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you points on the back end where you get cool little knickknacks. It's like, eh. how about no? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Marvel has announced they'll be doing another life story comic series. This time we have all the Fantastic Four as part of their 60th year anniversary. To anyone that doesn't know, Spider-Man life story followed the major events of Peter Parker's life. And as if they had happened in real time, each issue tackling a different decade. Fantastic Four Life Story is said to do the same and is written by Mark Russell. Wow. With art by Sean 
is Xy. Uh Yeah, I I do love me some Fantastic Four, and I love me some Mark Russell. So are they doing this for me? Because I'm a... Yeah. So I really, I think we talked about it when it was coming out. I really loved uh, Spider-Man Life Story. And that's yeah, a Starsky joint. Right, right. So I thought it was a cool premise. It was a cool idea. Um, when they announced this at first, I'm like, cool. So we're going to get Life Story for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... And I wanted to not care, and then I saw Mark Russell, <laughs> and now oh, I yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I was kind of like, eh. And then they said Mark Russell, and I was like, whoa. All right. So I, but I'm most interested for the last issue because I just want to see old man Ben, <laughs> just like his rocks turning gray because he's so old. Oh my god! Please, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, this is that's cool. So with the Spider-Man one, they went up to like present day, right? Two thousands, I believe. Oh, it okay. might have been twenty tens. Yeah, but it was it's cool. Like they did the you know the big reveal of uh, Green Goblin, and they did uh-huh. Venom showing up for the nineties issue, and they oh, did cool. the Clone Saga for one of them, and you know so they hit like the big milestone events of Peter Parker's life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Uh, now we know that heroes are born just wouldn't be a, a comic book event book without tie-in comics. You know, we, we had talked about that. That was our, 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 you know, we were laughing when we announced this because we knew it was coming. Uh, Marvel announced this week, a few of the tie-ins we can expect as part of the series. Um, first is young squadron by Jim Zub art by Steve Cummings. The series will follow miles Morales, Kamala Khan and Sam Alexander. The, uh, Characters are going to find their new superhero identities in this world since they don't have Avengers to base their names after. So, so yeah, Miles based after Spider-Man, Kamala yep. is Marvel, Sam is Nova. So it's basically the uh, champions mm-hmm. and they got to come up with different. They either follow different heroes or they come up with new ones. I mentioned this because I like Miles and I like the champions. So I what other name I'll... besides Spider-Man? You like Spider-Dude? I don't know. I almost. I think they said it was going to be Falcon was who he was going to follow. Because if you think about it, like his his powers, yeah, they come from radioactive spider. Blah blah blah. They don't have to in this universe. Mm -hmm. And the big thing that makes him Spider Man is web shooters, and he gets the web shooters from Peter. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what if he doesn't and he learns to fly instead? I don't know. Second is Magneto and the Mutant Force by Steve Orlando, art by Bernard Chang. It's going to have Magneto, who's apparently in a floating wheelchair, a lot like someone else we know, um, as he takes over the Professor X role and leads mutants on a mission of hope. Okay. Um, This made me laugh because it's Magneto in a wheelchair, just like floating himself in the air. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's not using his mind powers, right? He's using his magnetic powers. Um, Yeah, I don't know about this one. (laughs) Like, whatever. Uh, this the third one's probably the most interesting, I think. Third is Hyperion and Imperial Guard by Ryan Katie, art by Michelle Bandini. This series looks like Marvel's twist on the Legion of Superheroes with Hyperion at the helm. Yeah, I'll check this one out. Yeah, this one sounds cool. And uh, last for now, the last one announced is Peter Parker, the Amazing Shutterbug, um, by Mark Bernardin. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> with yep. art by Raphael de la Torre, 
the series of plays Peter Parker in the Jimmy Olsen role as he tackles life as a photojournalist. <laughs> the amazing Shutterbug. Oh my god. And Mark Bernardin, you know, co-host of Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. Okay, I this might be the most exciting one. I <laughs> what the He's just gonna. It's just him taking pictures. I. I mean, sh- sure, but yeah. I mean, DC's made a living off of Jimmy Olsen, is amazing right. or Super Pal or whatever fuck right, it is. Right. Yeah. So oh is it God. Peter Parker's Hyperion's amazing Super Pal? <laughs> oh my God! What's going on here? Sure. Oh it, it's it is what it is. I guess sure. I. Mark Bernardin though, so I'll probably end up checking it out. Yeah. I can see at least two of them. There's two of them I will definitely check out. Um, we'll see with if Amazing Shutterbug's like a one shot, I'll check it out. But if it's anything more, probably not. Yeah. Um, with that, let's talk about the comics we read this week. Yay, comics! I read quite a bit, and I will say the only comic I didn't get to was my pick of the week, uh, Shang Chi. Uh, uh, oh, Legend of Shang-Chi? Yeah. Cool. Dude, I had so... Because, um, you know, it filled its place. I read Constantine Rise and Fall, all three of those issues. So, like, that's what I ended up reading. Because I, I read one and two, and I'm like, well, i got to finish the series this week. Um, so I'll just talk about that. Constantine Rise and Fall, one through three by uh, Mr. Derek Robertson and Tom Taylor. Dude, this story... Did you read it? No, I didn't get to it. It was probably one of the best DC stories I've read like in the last couple of months. It's three issues, and it's, I mean, it's Derek Robertson. Like he talked about, it's gory as hell. It's really adult. Um, it's It involves a story from John's past, and basically he loses a childhood friend. That childhood friend is now um, wreaking havoc years later as a demon, and what he did was he stole a pair. Uh, he stole the wings from Lucifer, and um, what he's doing is he's going around and like promising, promising like these billionaires, like you know you can get into heaven, and then he's like killing them for their fortunes. So he's like taking over billionaires' fortunes, and then his like this demon like feeds off of like suffering of others. So like the suffering is like the trickle down economics of like all these billionaires have money and everybody else is suffering because they're poor and they can't afford things. Sound kind of similar. To <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of close to home, but I mean, you know, it's Tom Taylor writing it. Um, Derek does a fantastic job with the, the demons and the characters. And there's some really sad moments with some like side characters you meet. Uh, but like, and, and there's just like this, there's like so many like, you know, B and C side stories of like uh, Lucifer comes and talks with John and they like, he, he makes them think they like hooked up. Like he like puts them in bed together and stuff. And he's like, Oh my God, did I hook up with you and stuff? And like, he's like, Oh no, you're not my type. It's just like these, you know, little, it's, it's really, it's a really fun series. It's really serious, but I think it's such a great John Constantine story. Um, and yeah, it's just it's such a good Constantine story. I can't if you love this character, you got to read this series. It's three issues, and it's weird. It's not a typical Constantine story because he like resolves all the issues with not more darkness and demons and stuff. He actually thinks about like a point in his life when he was happy, and then like rekindles his relationship with his father by the end of it. It's so good. It's such a great story. So, I mean, Tom Taylor, man, take my money. Um. Okay, 
Future State, Dark Detective, number two. This is uh, Tamaki and Mora, and um, there's a Batman story. And then, you know, last issue we had a... Uh, it was it was a grifter story, but now we have a Red Hood story. So, um, basically, Batman he's back and he's trying to take out all the magistrates, robots that have like taken over Gotham. Uh, he's living with like this old conspiracy theorist that's like kind of off the grid. He's like they're always watching, you know. So like he's like <laughs> living, and all. yeah, yeah. So he's like living in this dude's basement because he know he'll like be off the grid, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but he finds out that they're using, like, Wayne Tech mini drones to, like, have eyes on everybody. So he thinks he's been, like, spotted or being recorded. Um, the B-side story, the Red Hood story, was actually, I, I like this a lot more than the main story. Um, this is Josh Williamson writing it and uh, Giannis uh, on the art. So you have Red Hood and Ravager. Um, nobody knows Ravager is Deathstroke's daughter. Uh, they work with the magistrate. They're as like bounty hunters to bring in masked vigilantes that don't want to reveal themselves. Um, so one of the people that they bring in is they uh, they see like someone running around as the old Red Hood, like when the Joker was the Red Hood with the tall red mask. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, this guy was being controlled by the Mad Hatter, so they kind of like baited Red Hood into going after him. So they go to try to find Mad Hatter and they find out he's dead and it was a trap sprung for Jason Todd. So Magistrate's going to be like chasing them down. It was a really good issue. Um, Future State Suicide Squad number one. Okay. This book is... In, did you read this? No. This is insane. Um, this is Robbie Thompson and Javier Fernandez. Uh, the art is amazing. So... The as this is the Justice Squad, not the um, Justice League. It starts off with them uh, thwarting some villains like Talon, Hypnotic. Oh, so this uh, the Justice Squad is made up of Talon, Hypnotic Woman, Fisherman, um, Australian, who is Bolt from uh, Teen Titans, I think, basically a speedster, and. Um, the they're basically like fighting and uh the super the the justice squad's being controlled almost like they're being controlled by waller like a like a justice or like a suicide squad so a justice squad um but there's a part where like talon like takes pride in like killing people or like fun and killing people and he's like not taking orders so they decapitate him like his head blows up you know like uh suicide squad so talon's dead um, we find out that the Superman is just Superman running it is a clone of Luther and Superman. Um, and we find out that Martian Manhunter is like clay is Clayface because he could like morph and stuff. So it's a really interesting take on this. Mm. Um, you would actually really like it. So we get this conversation after they, you know, thwart some villains that Waller wants Superman to lead um, more like Lex Luthor and less like Superman, you know, like with an iron fist. Uh, and then as they're talking, she has like these backup tanks with heroes that she can pull from. Well, she has the crime syndicate in tanks saying like, I'm going to be using them. And they're like, well, how are you going to be able to control them? And then she says, I have the black lantern ring. So, and that says continue to be continued in the crime syndicate book. So we might be getting a crime syndicate that's controlled by the black. lantern, So like a zombie crime syndicate almost. Interesting. I, yeah. There's crazy stuff happening. Um, so, 
the Suicide Squad, um, it, so we're, we are on Earth 3, is what it says. We're on Earth 3. There's a Suicide Squad that shows up from another Earth to take, because that's Amanda Waller's from their Earth, and they want to rescue her back. Um, this Suicide Squad is actually led by Peacemaker and a bunch of others, like Mirror Masters in it. There's a Parademon that's in it. Um, yeah, so there's there. Just yeah, a random parody. <laughs> yeah, so they don't really tell who, um, who who anybody else is. But so, anyways, like they're there. So that's what the story is. The just the Suicide Squads come to another Earth where there's a Justice Squad, and they want their Amanda Waller back. It was a crazy issue. Um, and that's not even it. The second part, the second story in the issue, Chris, is uh, Justice League One Million. Yeah, is a Justice League One Million story. So. Um, crazy story. Uh, Superman Prime shows up, and so it's a, um, it's it's a it's a Black Adam story that takes place in the Justice League One Million, the One Million you know universe. Um, it's by Jer- Jeremy Adams and Fernando Pissarin, but it's crazy. So Superman Prime shows up. He's greeted by the Seven Deadly Sins and the Lords of Chaos. Like Vandal Savage is teamed up with a bunch of people. Um, the art is amazing. So basically, if they kill Superman Prime and the Justice League One Million's like, well, how can we face these people? We're not even that strong. Uh, come to find out, Wonder Woman's like, well, you know, I used to hook up with Black Adam, so let's go talk to him. <laughs> um, Black Adam is actually Teth Adam. He's like giving up the mantle of Shazam, and he just he pretty much has taken Kandak and fo- made them a leader in technology. He's like thrown away magic and now he's embraced technology. It's a really cool take on the character. Um, so <laughs> basically the, as, by the end of it, you know, they're trying to fight the seven deadly sins. Well, black Adam shows up to help them. Um, but the justice league gets possessed. So the Justice league, 1 million gets possessed. And then at the end of all of this, Chris, I know there's a lot of comic book stuff going on. Gold Beetle shows up and says that she can save the universe. So she's in a time sphere, this character that's a cross between Booster Gold and Blue Beetle shows up. Yeah, called Gold Beetle, and she's like, I can save the universe. These stories are so crazy, but the amount of characters you get to see, I, I'm so interested to see what, what's going to happen with this universe. Did I ever, I can't remember if I told you this, but like a year, well, no, it was longer a year ago, yeah, like probably two years ago, uh, somebody came into the comic shop and had sold our, the retailer his collection, and I went through it with him. We we're just sitting yep. there, and he had a complete uh, Justice League One Million set. Yeah, and I bought it off of him. I know so I have Justice. Yeah, League. you have it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's such a cool series. Um, yeah. I'm, I want to get that book now. <laughs> yeah, and then just I got a few more books here. Stay with me, people. Uh, Future State, Harley Quinn number two, Stephanie Phillips represent, and Simone DeMeo. Um, Not a whole lot to say about this issue. It was a great issue. Good job, Stephanie. Uh, You know, Harley's been working with Crane to, like, catch... um, They want to catch Black Mask. Harley tricks Crane into thinking the only way he can catch Black Mask is if he puts his mask on and becomes the Scarecrow. So he does. And then he gets arrested, and so does Black Mask. So she... (laughs) She basically gets them both arrested and gets away, which is a Harley Quinn thing to do. It was a really great issue. Yeah, it was a great job. Um, I love the art in it, too. I, oh, I yeah. The artist style with the colorist and like yeah. the neo-cyberpunk-y Gotham really works. Yep. 
Then we have Future State Swamp Thing number two, uh, Ram V and Mike Perkins. So we remember Obsidian is um, being held captive by Woodrow. We do find out it's Woodrow, um, Jason Woodrow. His his body's half plant, half human. It's really messed up. Like he's trying to like imbue his body with plant matter, and he looks like he's falling apart. Um, and Swamp Thing is regrouped with this other human. To we we find out that the things that Swamp Thing has created are just like creations of himself, like his emotions. Um, and this whole this whole issue that's happening is like they he still he can't create a soul right so that it gets really existential it's like he's creating these like living plants that are like kind of like parts of his uh personality but none of them have souls so that's why he thinks it's so important to save the human race um even though the plants think it's like you know you shouldn't do that so woodrow's plan is to take obsidian and block out the sun and kill all the plant matter um so at the end Swamp Thing sacrifices himself to create like a tree of life kind of thing that the humans can live off of. And um, we get like a in the future, there's, you know, they're living in the trees, roots and stuff. And they find a plant and they say, do you think Swamp Thing will ever come back? And I think that's kind of a hint that he will come back. It's a great story, though. Uh, and then the best book I read this week, Avengers Mech Strike number one. Fuck yes, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jed McKay, Carlos Magno, I, every page of this book was an absolute blast. Um, amazing art. Carlos Magno on the art, dude. Like, like you know, this guy gets a standing ovation. Amazing art. Um, and what is the story? You get a biomech kaiju attacking. Uh, Black Panther jumps inside <laughs> to, like, kill him from the inside out. He's like, hey... Vibranium hurts the kaiju's. All right, well, let's make mech suits out of, out of <laughs> vibranium. Like, what more do you need out of a comic book? This is a comic book to its roots, and I loved it. And I love, I'm like, everybody's just. Iron Man goes, yeah, like I got an idea, and come here, and gives them this yeah. like little wristwatch, right? And they're all like, what is this about? And they walk into a room, and there's giant fucking mechs for each yeah, Avenger. They're, they're Megazords, and. <laughs> They're Megazords. And I can't remember. I think it was Spider-Man. It might have been Black, uh, Black Widow. But they're like, well, how'd you do this so fast? And yeah. Iron Man being Iron Man, just like Batman being Batman. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that was something I did a while ago. I was thinking about it. Why not? Right. It's and, like, yeah. I, oh, my God. I love this issue. I love yeah. this book. Yeah. It, it fit everything. It's the right. Avengers. There's Kaiju involved. Robots. They don't get mechs at the end of the book. Right. Give me issue two now. Yeah. And you better you better believe they're all going to combine. Oh my god, that'd be. Oh. Yeah, oh yeah, they all have to combine. They have to combine. There's no way they don't. It's everybody check it out. Like Mike said, that the art is stunning. Yeah, just stunning how good it is. Yeah. Um, who's the artist on that again? Uh, I haven't looked up here. Hold on. It Magno. is Carlos Magno. Yep. Carlos, do more books like that. I yeah. was blown away by it. And the story is like simple, but it's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. It's, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And that's that's all I had this week. So. So uh, I had King and Black, Black Knight, number one. And uh, kind of sucked. I was a little disappointed by this one. It tackled too much of Black Knight's kind of like inner struggle and how he deals with his past and blah, blah, blah. But it did kind of rewrite some of his history, which I can see now what they're going to do with their 
miniseries tying out of this. But they end up meeting up with Arrow and Swordmaster in Japan, and they fight a giant dragon. And uh, they all realize, like, well, Tony's been calling us back to New York, so let's go help and save him. So he's probably going to show up in King and Black proper because mm. the Ebony Blade can kill these dragons, these symbiotes. Um, all in all, I wasn't a big fan of the issue, but it was cool to see Black Knight back. I, I love that character, so... Yeah. Uh, Avengers number 42, continuing the Phoenix, Enter the Phoenix story arc. And uh, so, Mike, our two favorite Marvel characters fight. We get Captain America with a inside of the Phoenix, this universe the Phoenix created to make them fight. Captain America fights Shang-Chi. Oh, my God. Are you serious? And... uh, as they're fighting, Cap just keeps egging them on, like, come on, punch me already, punch me, because they don't really want to fight each other, but they're being forced to. Right. And Cap even says, like, if anybody has to hold the Phoenix Force, my vote goes to you, Shang-Chi, because you control great amounts of power with your stuff. That's awesome. With your so that, I, I really, but, you know, like, meditation and, <laughs> yeah, right, right. and all that crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> with your stuff. <laughs> but that moment made me smile because I'm like, it's this is Mike and Mike's favorite characters. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And uh, we kind of get a continuation of like what's going on, and we get a look at what's going on outside of the this like pocket universe the Phoenix created. And uh, Wolverine shows up and kind of gives the old like, "How dare you, humans?" Because this is you've taken so much from mutants, you're not taking this from us too. So I'm going to control the Phoenix Force, and he ends mm-hmm. up fighting. Uh, the Hulk. She-Hulk, actually. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's basically been, like, how can we get two characters to fight each other? The book. But it's been fun. Mm. And then the last book I read was Star Wars The High Republic, number two. Nice. Uh, after the whole ceremony from the last issue, we continue with our lead character, who is now a Jedi Knight, as they go to find out in the Outer Rim the ship's been attacked and they're trying to figure out who did it. And we get our big villain, which is like a space pirates, I guess. And they have a history with uh, the new Jedi Knights master. Um, so he's, they end up going to fight. He's gets sent off to another planet by the council to go investigate. And she has to stay behind because one of the people in their squad got hurt. So she's got to protect them. Mm. And we gotta find out there's more to it than that. Um, I like uh, the higher power is cool. It's Star Wars without the the bogged down nature of the Skywalker saga, mm. and uh, we're getting some cool like you're seeing things you didn't see before. You're seeing planets that aren't a part of the Republic then, but are now. So you're seeing the history of the Star Wars universe come to pass, and I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. That's all I got, Mike. But before we end, mm-hmm. everybody listening, you saw that we have new artwork for the podcast. Hopefully it popped on iTunes like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. That is all now available on our Public. So tpublic.com slash Fortress Comics. You can get t-shirts with it, hoodies, whatever. Pillows, if you want to do that. Oh, pillows would be sweet. So uh, that's all available. And it should still be on sale for... Like 20% off 
through the end Ooh. of the night. So yeah, go check that out. I like that. Um, but with that, Mike, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. You can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter or FortressComicNews.com. And as always, Patreon.com slash Fortress Comic News, where you can be the super mega listener there. Uh, if you're listening to us, five-star reviews on whatever podcast you're using. If you're watching, to like, subscribe, share, comment down below. You know, chat with us. We like to talk. Yeah. And uh, as always, share with a friend. Sharing's caring. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Mike, for 200 awesome episodes. Thank There's you. 200 more, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for all the hard work and dedication you've given to the podcast. And I just kind of sit here and bullshit with you. So <laughs> you're the brains behind the operation. So thank you. So see you all next week. 